0: Didn't you like burn a couch or something? Well, it, I, I was in Morgantown, West Virginia. That's what they do there. I mean, I mean, that's commonplace. That's right. Write a passage there. Yeah, and be careful how much of my past you bring yes. up. Yes, um, but anyhow. <laughs>
1: All right. Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell again here with our amazing co-host, Mr. John Jones. And we have a special guest with us today from Florida Risk Partners, founder and CEO, Mr. David Carruthers. David, welcome. Welcome. What's up, fellas? Cool. How you doing, man? So, listen, i got to notice, i gotta, I got to mention some of these things here, right? Because like you own like 14 businesses. Here we go. Um, Wasted
0: so, no time. Wait, I'll, I'll, <laughs> wait,
2: wait a minute,
1: David. I wanted to segue
2: in the fact that you've known Brian Lovell 30 years. I yeah. think that's going to be more fun. Let's,
0: let's, yeah. Let's, let's camp out there he's, for a little he's trying, He,
2: he shifted on you. Yeah. I mean, All right. I'm leaving. You and I are going
1: to talk. <laughs> I'm leaving. No, for real, I have known David for about thirty years. I'm sure there's some pretty fun stories. Do you
0: remember Downtown Disney? I do. Yes. yes tell oh me. my gosh. <laughs> and, and,
1: and, and,
0: and Pleasure Island comes to mind. Oh, okay. Wow.
1: Okay, I'm I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> I'll
0: keep I'll keep it professional. For well, to obviously, die. we're gonna we are
1: gonna have some fun, but we are gonna uh, drop uh, some knowledge on you. So, I think some of the cool things, by the way, not your first podcast, as you no. ho- are the host of your own. Power Producers Podcast, which I've had the pleasure of uh, being a, a guest on. So thanks for uh, reciprocating here. Absolutely. And I think one of the cool things that you got going on now with all of the businesses and things that you've got your hands in is that protege. It's crazy. Can you tell us a little bit about
0: it? Yeah, it's not So it, it kind of morphed. I mean, everything that I do precipitates from something else that I do, right? So I had the agency, and um, and I'll just, I'll, I'm going to touch on all of the companies at one time, and we'll get to the protege quickly. Okay. But um, – I spoke out in San Diego last year to a group of independent agencies from across the country about my hiring process because it's relatively unique in that I will not hire anybody to be a sales producer who has insurance experience. I don't well, want it. Okay. Um, I'm a big believer in uh, hiring people who have business-to-business sales experience, and then I can teach them what I need them to know, but yep. what I'm not going to teach them is the hustle. So I'll literally look at a resume, and if I see that somebody sold payroll for ADP for five years... I know that I'm going to hire that person because the if they can put up yeah. with that for five years, yep. then they need to come work with me yeah. and get residual
1: income. This guy feels that way about Enterprise, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I've got I a guy say, that worked yeah. they came from Enterprise. I mean, if, they, if
0: they're three plus years, I'm yep. like, lock
1: them in. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Raphael's <laughs> from hustle. from Enterprise. And, sure. You know they're, they're regimented. They have a process already, and it's just a matter of sort of adapting mm-hmm. that. But I, I, I spoke at this conference, and I probably had 50 different agency owners come up to me and ask me if I would consult with their agencies or train their producers, and my answer was unequivocally – Absolutely not. I have zero interest in doing that. I own my own agency. I produce my own business. I enjoy doing it. Then I got on the plane ride home and I'm like, "Eh, you know, I've got Mm -hmm. some new producers coming in. Maybe if I make this thing digital, I can make it work and then we'll roll it out and we'll prove concept. But either way, I decided I need to get my own training process digitized because I have a number of salespeople that are going to be starting, you know, in the next 12 to 18 months. So I did and we built the online community. It's called Killing Commercial and it's got its own website, we built our own social network on the back end of it, so all the agencies that are in the program can interact in a news feed in real time, and there's, there's a bunch of nuances to it. What that afforded me the opportunity to do was create the podcast, and the podcast was actually a lead magnet to get people into Killing Commercial. A lot of people don't realize that, but they would hear us talking on the, mm-hmm. on the podcast, mm-hmm. be like, I need to think more like that guy thinks, let me call and reach out to him, and so we started generating leads from that. But as we had those phone calls, I realized that not everybody had the money to get into the program because it's not, I'm not a cheap date. And I tell everybody that that's one of the first things out of my mouth is you're going to get what you pay for, but you're going to pay me. And so um, a lot of people didn't have that money and the ability to buy in. And I thought, you know what, I should run a contest around this and give somebody a scholarship, because the, the initiation fee's 25 grand to come into the program. <laughs> okay. So I'm like- you,
2: You've you gotta be committed. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah well, yes. and there's
0: a reason for yeah. that, right? If you don't have a pain point, people aren't gonna, they're not gonna adopt they're your methodology going to up, and yeah, they're yeah. not gonna apply themselves. So they'll get it back in 90 to 120 days, but they have to listen to what I'm talking about and they need to go do it. So I'm like, we should do a, a, a contest around this and we'll make the grand prize a lifetime membership to killing commercial. So I sort of floated it out there to see what would happen. I'm notorious for having the idea, just hyping it up and broadcasting it and then figuring out how to do it later. Right. I always get it done, but I figure you're, out how to do it later. And so, so that, you're, that's you're what building
1: happened. the airplane while it's in the air. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And so we had about 75 agents from across the country apply. We narrowed it down to the final 10 or 11 and um, we're going to, We've run them through a series of challenges similar to The Apprentice, I guess. Um, okay. But uh, at the end, they're gonna the top three are gonna take what they've learned, learn how to go out and do it in the real world, and then they're gonna get their results measured, and they're gonna present live to a group at another conference at the end of September, and then we'll stream that live, and people will vote for the winner on a, on an app. So I won't wow. know who won until they're actually picked.
1: Wow, that's nice. very 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 cool. Very, very so yeah, cool. it's
0: cool cool stuff.
1: Yeah. So I you know I've known David for thirty years. Um, 30-plus years, we've played some ball together, done some other things together. I, I don't know of anybody more tenacious. Like, you want somebody in your corner. This is the guy that you want in your corner. He's going to find a way to win, even, <laughs> even in the worst of circumstances. That is one thing I, I that, know for sure. That
0: does not always bode well for me, especially in church league softball, <laughs> when the level of intensity between me and everybody else on my team is like that. And that's not me throwing off on them. That's actually probably a negative mark for me, right. if anything else. But you know, it, it's just how I'm wired, man. I'm competitive. I like the hunt. I like nice. to kill. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like
1: very cool. That's good. So we're, we're going to talk today about homeowners insurance. And uh, David, I got, I just got a question. Like, dude, every single week, some dude knocks on my door <laughs> from a roofing company and they want to put a new roof on my Should house. Sure, they do, and you won't have to pay anything for it. I'm not gonna have to pay for it, because they're gonna, like, dude, what? I this need to scoop on right, that, like, what's going on, I've got man? a bunch of rental properties, I wanna see how I get in on that, right?
0: <laughs> well. Look, I'm going to give you some foreshadowing, number one, but number two, I'm going to tell you that that's the first problem, right? The bigger problem is the fact we have an entire bowl game that is named after (laughs) ReplaceMyRoof.com now or whatever it is. (laughs) Down in southeast Florida, there was a legitimate college bowl this year that that was part of that. And the issue is that these guys are going out, and many of them, honestly, have gone out and gotten adjuster's license, too. Wow. Right. So I'll see them oh, nice, in the yeah. different neighborhood groups on Facebook where they're posting pictures of, I got so-and-so a free roof, so-and-so a free roof. And what they do is they come out, and it's interesting because technology has advanced so much at this point. That You can't lie about the weather anymore because they can go to a website that'll say, no, we did have a hailstorm during this time. So these guys already know that when they go out. They have their adjusters licenses in many cases. So they know how the adjusters are going to think and how they're going to adjust the claim. And they're coming in looking for anything at all Mm -hmm. that they can get their arms around to get that roof Mm -hmm. paid for. Now, there's a couple of problems with that and you know it's the same with anything in insurance you make your money in two different ways through either underwriting or through pricing right you have to sure. only bring in really profitable business and not charge a high premium or you charge the enough premium enough premium to get the money you need for the risk yeah you just had a $500 increase in your home You yep. can thank the next guy who comes to your door and knocks on it for that increase. You're paying for everybody else's roof. Yeah, great. Um, you know, and so that's, that's part of the fallout and people don't realize that all they do is they look and see free roof, free roof, free roof. We are getting ready to enter a very hard property market in Florida right now. I've okay. been in the industry now for almost 20 years. Worse. It's getting ready to get yeah. bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, I see us going back to where we were in like 04 oh, and wow. in 05 when the four major storms and, and all that just stuff came come through. Yeah. I think that's where we're headed, and it, it's predicated by the free roof people. The other one that you guys are definitely going to know pipes about pipes and plumbing, bingo! Dang, I hear the it cast, all the time. Right, cast iron pipes. Yep. Um, and and so,
2: what about that too? I mean, I mean, it's crazy. All these homes that are built prior to like what is it, 1960 or '65? Yeah. 70 even? Even into the I mean, 70s. That's, all, that's half of Florida. Right, yes. I mean, that's, like, and I'm like, how do I get in on that thing? Like, and it just, it's crazy to think that you're going to get free pipes.
0: Well, and the issue is that they're suing the homeowners. Okay, the homeowner's insurance policy, and somehow there's a loophole there that's causing them to pay out. They're paying out, and then it's hitting the commercial side because they issue subpoenas for the records of all of the plumbers and HVAC people and anybody who's done work on the house because they're trying to subrogate back against the general liability of those people. So it's making plumbing companies very unfavorable in the commercial market. But you know again all the people that are going through this what's going to happen is there's a cast there'll be a cast iron exclusion or in many cases uh homes that are over a certain age have a water damage exclusion put on them so there okay. is no water damage coverage available and that's how they get out of it see that wasn't always the case right and in insurance there is there are certain terms you have to pay attention for, but basically, without getting into technical jargon, it's the natural deterioration of something because of inherent vice, right? Okay. It's just, at some point, it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad. You know, I'm not going to drive my car for 700,000 miles. At some point, my car's not going to be worth anything. I'm not going to go file an insurance sure, claim right. for that. I'm so, go right. buy another car.
1: So, some part of your policy has some exclusions once something reaches a certain age, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, it's got a warranty. I mean, yeah, everything
2: expires, right? Your milk expires. I mean, something. <laughs> my knee expired a few years back. I mean, <laughs> I just
0: I had yeah. a double expiration of the knees myself. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that that's layman's terms for putting it that way. But in, in insurance, it's, it's really simple. It's covered unless it's excluded in many cases, right? So I always tell people, especially in the commercial world, Don't even read the first 50 pages of your policy. Flip to the back and look for everything they take away that they promised in the first 50, and you're good. Then you'll understand what you have coverage for and what you don't. So the way that it works is the carriers have to file for their coverage forms with the state insurance office, and then they have to be approved. So once all this stuff starts happening, it spirals and gets out of control, but there's still a process of going through getting that exclusion for water damage or whatever exclusion it may be put onto the policy approved by the state and all of that stuff so it's it's the roof guys and it's the cast iron pipe guys that, that are killing what, florida and
2: curious right what's the pull through on something like that you go to file the homeowner files a claim or has them filed a claim are they are they 50 50 or are they all getting approved
0: um it's, or does it it seems like the, the overwhelming majority of them are going through and i don't see it honestly as much with people that we have on the books for personal lines for homeowners insurance okay. because we just, where we live in the area where my offices are, it's almost all newer construction okay. that, mm-hmm. that we represent. So we don't see those issues. <clears throat> what I did do is tell all of the commercial plumbing companies that I represent that they should be doing target marketing to houses with cast iron pipes wow. Wow. for repipes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. they could make a lot of money doing yeah,
1: it. Sure. Wow. Yeah. The part I find interesting about this is like, so my house is 16 years old. You, you, you've been in my house. And so, you know, they're coming and saying, hey, like 16 years, it's time to replace my roof. That's the bottom line. Right. Right. I mean, I should be taking care of that as a homeowner, as part of normal maintenance. Putting aside
2: X per month. Yes. Or X per year. But
1: to- somehow they feel very confident. I haven't let anybody do it yet, but they feel very confident. Oh, yeah. 16, 17, whatever. We'll get it approved.
0: Here's something I'm going to tell you about the insurance industry that I think is probably common knowledge to everybody. They will make their money.
2: <laughs> sure. One way
0: or the other. Yeah, so right. I tell people they own the banks. The banks. Yeah, don't I, I tell it people all forth. the time. You want a roof? That's yeah. fine. You're just yeah. financing it. Right. You're not getting it for free because your your rates are going to go up. You know, five hundred, a thousand dollars a year. And by the time you look back at it, now you're stuck at higher rates. I don't see them coming and giving you constant cuts in in your homeowner's premium. So now you're going to yeah. buy a roof that would cost you twelve thousand dollars, but over the next ten years, it's going to cost you you know, whatever, $15,000, right. $20,000, depending on how much they increase your homeowner's premium.
2: So, okay. So they are going to get it. They, they're going to get, get a hit. cost hit. Yeah.
0: And, and listen, again, I'm not on the underwriting side. I'm not on the carrier side, so I can speak freely, but they're going to, they may not tell you <laughs> that it's because of your roof. They're going right, to, sure. you know, they're going to look at other, other ways to, to make that work. So even if they say, oh no, there's no way they're going to increase it due to the roof. Okay. You're right. They're not. Now
2: where, where in all this, do deductibles come into play? Deductibles um on something like that, I mean I you know, know it's interesting vary for from a thousand i mean a thousand of what five ten thousand two percent how is all that factored in?
0: you know we went through a a period of time where we went from having just straight wind and hail deductible to having an actual hurricane deductible for named storms and things like mm-hmm. that, and then all other wind related losses in many cases are just part of what's called all other perils or a o p on the on the policy and so um, now I think you're going to probably see things start getting a little more aggressive as far as how some of these deductibles work. But the other thing is, you know, and th- this is the, the area where I'm seeing this happen in Texas specifically in the hail belt, right? Texas just gets pummeled with sure. hail if you're if yeah. you're in the western part of Texas and. Um, The issue that they have is that carriers are now writing actual cash value on roofs for the depreciated value. Wow. So in insurance, when you get into a a claim scenario, you're you're looking to see if it's replacement cost or if it's actual cash value. Up until recently, it's always been replacement cost. Well, actual cash value is replacement cost, less depreciation. So if you have a homeowner's policy that's been written with a roof that's on actual cash value, you've got a problem right? Because now you're going to agree to all of this. And next thing you Down know, the claim nothing. is not going to get adjusted the way you think. So in Brian's case, it's 16 years of having that roof, the ACV on that roof is probably nil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's important to know. No, because- I mean,
2: it's, it's like you said, I remember just a few years back, my uh, sister-in-law had, a, you know, and I won't give a name, but had just a little small from a moving company, a small scratch across hardwood flooring. Whole house hardwood got roof. new
0: floors. Whole house
2: three wow. thousand 3, square feet like when in, in and i'm thinking because they're wait continuous a and they make the argument the that- entire house the floors that she had were a year old mm-hmm. wow i mean just replaced, beautiful floors they there was no way for them to match and i just it fascinated me that or just baffled me really that she got all new flooring which is crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. It's it's nuts. And they go in, they make the argument that it's continuous yep. and it will ruin the pattern and the aesthetics of the home and all of this other stuff. And it sounds great if you're the homeowner getting all new floors for free. But again, somebody's got to pay more, for that. Yeah, she put the yeah. exact same flooring back. I mean, that was... That, you know, she yeah. had just, the it. just I just had all new flooring put in my house and it was an absolute nightmare to deal It's a pay. You've got to move to everything with.
2: into a pod and all all kinds of yeah. stuff. Throw an area rug on that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're right. Well, I mean, listen, man, it's 25 like, bucks, right? Yeah, it, it's like the old joke about how do you get rid of the check engine light on your car? You buy a piece of black electrical <laughs> technology. There you go. Come
1: on. <laughs> So, David, you know, so I've been doing, what, mortgages now for... He's making me, by the way, real quick before we segue off. He, I feel good about what I'm learning, but
2: kind of bad, too. I feel like I've missed out on a lot of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just saying, you know, but so go I've, ahead. So I've been doing
1: this 15 years, and obviously when, we get a, when you get a mortgage, we require a homeowner's policy, yeah. right? And I would imagine most loan originators think that a homeowner's insurance policy, they're a dime a dozen. Right. But what are some things that a homeowner should consider? Like, I mean, I I think every policy I've ever looked at to your point that you just said, I was like, okay, that's my premium, let's move on. Like I never read any of the other stuff.
0: I think the biggest one, especially even coming from the mortgage side, is always what the value of the home is in terms of what the market value and what it's sold for versus the replacement cost. It's always an argument, right? Mm -hmm. right? And so number one, as a homeowner, people need to be very much aware of what the replacement cost is. You don't insure the land. It's still going to be there if you have a catastrophe yep. or whatever. But, you know, it's going to cost you a significant amount of money to have debris removed and demolition of undamaged portions of your home and all of that taken away and then have it rebuilt. So it's not going to be the same number. I don't know that I've ever seen a house yeah. sell for replacement costs. Yes, okay. So that's the first thing that I would tell anybody to look at. The other thing is deductibles. Okay, and I tie these two things into conversation together because people think that they're skimping on their premium if they underestimate what the value of the home is. They're like, oh yeah, you know, it's 350, but I'm just gonna tell them it's 250 sure. and my premium will be lower. Well, unfortunately there's co-insurance penalties in there because the insurance company's gonna make sure you're insuring the value. And so what I tell people is if you wanna take risk, I have zero problem with that, but take risk that you can quantify, right? Know what, know what you're gonna get into. Mm-hmm. So on a homeowner's policy, number one, if you, if you wanna control your premium, take a higher deductible. Right. You know how many dollars that's gonna be, yeah. okay? You, you, you know that if you need to put money into an emergency fund to cover your deductible, you, you can do that. The other piece that a lot of people don't look at is the liability portion, right? So you have somebody come onto your property, they mm-hmm. get bit by your dog, or your kid does something stupid, which is very likely in my home, but they don't have enough liability. You know, they don't realize Mm -hmm. that it makes sense to have an umbrella. It makes sense to do all this. Well, you can't control liability. You know, you you can quantify that your home's worth $350,000. You can't quantify somebody getting 16 stitches because your dog bit a kid in the arm or whatever else, right? So make sure that your liability piece is right. The other one, and it's a big deal, and very few agents talk about it, and lesser homeowners talk, a less number of homeowners talk about it, and that's ordinance and law coverage. OK, so what ordinance and law coverage does is it says that we will pay to bring your home up to code should you have an issue. OK, that's a watered down version of it. But to give you an example, I had somebody in our neighborhood who had a tree that went through their roof and it went through the attic and a limb punctured the ceiling of the foyer of the of their home. Wow. And there were some electrical damage as a result. The People came out to look at it. Adjuster looks at it and said, I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to do the electrical work that needs to be done in the home without bringing everything up to code because that's what they're required to do.
1: Okay.
0: That's what ordinance and law covers. These people didn't have it or gotcha. they didn't have wow. enough. So for a year, that thing they sat with a blue tarp yeah. over their roof oh until goodness. they saved enough money. To pay to have the electrical brought up in the entire house, which is probably thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars. So if they would have
1: had that as part of their policy, that would have been fully covered.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, a lot of times when you see it, it's a twenty five percent of whatever uh coverage A is, which is the value of the home. But if you live in a house that was built in the forties, twenty five percent is never gonna be enough to to bring something up to code if there's an issue. So you probably need to look at having fifty percent. In terms of an ordinance and law limit, yeah. so okay.
1: th- that's very often overlooked. So, so, David, how how much difference are we talking in premium when you add in things like different deductibles and in different um, the ordinance the I'm sorry, I don't remember what you called it. Ordinance and ordin- law. Ordinance law. and law. And the reason I bring it up is like in our world, you know, loan originators are trying to make sure that that debt to income ratio stays mm-hmm. in line. It's to, a shell to be game. able to get an approval. It's right? no
0: different, right? It's a shell game. Yeah. So maybe you're lying to me about how much your home is worth. And I'd say, you don't need to lie to me. I can get your premium at this amount. Right. Now let's go look at what it looks like. And so maybe we increase the value of the home. And then instead of doing a thousand dollar deductible, we increase that to five. Yep. Maybe instead of doing a 1% wind deductible, we do a 2%. And then we, we up the ordinance and law. And basically you're taking the same... You know, pot of money and you're just moving everything around to where there's not going to be an increase in the premium, but the coverage more matches what it should be and what they need. I will tell you that in the state of Florida, if anybody is looking to get a better rate on their homeowners right now from what they currently have in place, they need to not do that. Okay, now is not the time to do go. Do not jump ship. Stay right. where you're if, at. If right. you, like if you get, D- even if you get a renewal. Don't jump ship with carriers, you mean? Yeah, period. Yes. Okay. So if you get a renewal and that renewal is flat or a minor increase. Take it. Just take it yeah. and run with it because you're going to go out to the open market and then you're going to, and I, I do that really is almost sort of self-preservation for some of the insurance agents out there too, because they're going to be the ones coming back and saying, oh, I'm sorry, no, your rates went up by 50% or it went up by 25% Mm -hmm. through no fault of their own. It's market conditions. But now all of a sudden it looks like, oh, these people didn't do their job. They're not finding me the best rate or whatever else. There is a 100% chance that everybody's homeowners is going up in the next 12 to 18
2: months. And you mentioned something earlier that you were talking about, insurance companies and then reinsurance and how that all factors in and why there
0: potentially is this increase coming. Yeah, people that aren't in the insurance industry typically don't know what reinsurance is. They don't know that that's a thing, but it's basically insurance that the insurance company buys. So, we do this sometimes in the commercial insurance world if we've got a large property schedule of a couple hundred million dollars, no one carrier wants to be responsible for the whole thing, in. so we start yeah. layering the program with multiple carriers. Similar concept in that, yeah, you know, every risk, yeah. yeah, every one of the insurance companies out there goes and they buy reinsurance. Well, reinsurance players are global. Doesn't matter. They're not specific to Florida. They reinsure insurance companies that are everywhere. And so when we have issues like we did with wildfires out in California or the hurricanes that hit, you know, the east coast of Texas and Louisiana, Mm -hmm. those are catastrophic losses. And when you have cat losses, the reinsurance layer gets punctured by those and they end up paying out. Well, reinsurance doesn't like to pay out. You know, they should never have to pay out in their mind. They think, because they're looking at it as, well, I've got this massive deductible, which is underlying, <laughs> <Yeah>, right? <no. laughs> and so typically what happens is, they have enough money in reserves that they invest that, and the investment income can offset a bunch of that. So for the last few years, they've had enough in reserves they haven't had to take an increase on in, uh, the reinsurance rates. Well, when they do, those reinsurance rates are what drives all of the carriers that you and I see billboards for or that agents recommend to us. And reinsurance treaties are actually being negotiated right now for the next period of a year. Okay. And as soon as that comes out and they know what they're going to do, you're going to see everybody make the rate adjustments to be able to offset the, the reinsurance cost.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, the interesting thing about that, you know, going back to just a, from my personal experience, my, my premium went up $500, which was 25% of the total premium. I can't remember the last time I had an increase, so maybe I should feel grateful for that. But I'll tell you, when the bill came in, I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Right. You know, nothing's changed here. Um, but and, it sounds like. And, you and know, in a circle back to what David said, is that would trigger you to naturally want to reach out to another the, carrier. Well, that and, and, was about and, and to be my it. question. Yeah. Is like, hey, do you want to take a look at my policy? Sure. You, you know,
0: Yeah. And it's easy to do. I mean, I would obviously do it for you. Right. But Mm -hmm. I mean, we have raters where we go through. So for us, it's really simple. We just go in and put the basic information in and we get quotes from 15 or 20 companies back, you know, like that in, in under two minutes in most cases. So it's easy for an agency to shop. I just my my public service announcement would be don't waste the agency's time. And don't put yourself through the stress of going to shop it. If you get a flat gotcha. renewal back, and I and also know that I'm 100% confident in saying that because nobody's going to get a flat renewal, so they're going to go shop anyhow.
2: Right. Yeah. Here, here's a question for you. So my renewal comes in, and then I decide to shop. Um, what can I expect, or what are some of the things to watch out for? Are they going to do apples to apples, for example? Are they obligated to do that on my policy? Or are they going to try to trim something that I— maybe don't know about a deductible, for example, um, liability coverage or something, some sort of coverage down or trim it to give me what I wanna get, which is the lower payment.
0: Yeah, so the, there's a few things. The first one is don't call a call center to buy your insurance. Okay. Go to an agency that does it for a living. I mean, there's a lot of national brands out there that spend a lot of money on advertising, but at the end of the right. day, you're buying your insurance from an hourly employee that does mm-hmm. not have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Um, but that being said, things to look out for. I can't necessarily speak for what you would see from anywhere else, I can tell you what you would see from us, Um, but I I will tell you, a lot of people, I'm sure you guys run into games that people play in the mortgage industry, we run into them all the time. One of my favorites is when somebody will send us their policy, but then they'll black out what the premiums were, like that's, (laughs) that's gonna change anything. Right, it happens all the time. So what I do? I'm going to come
2: in one dollar lower. Yeah. It, it, yeah.
0: Here's my, my offer. Absolute, my absolute yeah. favorite is when they do it and then they scan it, in the way the scanner backlights it, it, it you see it the anyway. number through it anyhow. Yeah. So I always go in and I just make a spreadsheet comparing the rates they had that they blacked out. That they're yeah. now wondering how I knew what they were yeah. versus the rates of of what we're proposing. Don't do that stupid stuff. Right. You're you're wasting people's yeah. time, and and they can't help you, but. Typically you want apples to apples. You know okay. the questions you should be asking are replacement cost, deductible, ordinance and law, liability. Those are the main things. And truthfully the same thing holds true on your auto. A lot of people don't even realize well, auto's
2: a big one in it, Florida. It
0: is. It's horrible. The liability
2: gets pulled off in a lot of cases, and some, well, somebody 10, 20, doesn't realize 10. it. correct.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, people think that because our state only requires you to PIB have 10-20-10, yeah. that that's enough insurance, and it's not. Mm-hmm. So again, it goes back to what I said before, take quantifiable risk. You can't quantify what's going to happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen it sure. happen on million-dollar yeah, commercial policies yeah. where there's a fatality, and, some, yeah. and, and the carrier yeah. will walk in, write a check, and be gone before they can blink.
1: Well, that was yeah. why you you had— recommended to me years ago to get an umbrella policy. Yeah. um, To just, and it it just covers like everything. Just a general, Um, all your your liability. So something
2: else that I just to shift gears here with what's popular now is people are taking a primary, turning it into an investment property, right, buying another property, and then maybe even uh, an offshoot of an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. What do they need to watch out for? Because my guess is most of those people aren't necessarily reaching out to you and telling you in advance, like, hey, this is what I'm now going to be doing with the dwelling and, Number one question we ask: How can I best protect myself and my family?
0: Yeah, number one question we ask: You know, this is this a secondary residence? Will you be renting it out? Will you be doing short-term rentals? Sure, you have to know that. Yeah, because if we don't know that, and we go to the carrier and there's a claim as a result of something along those lines, they could come back and tell us it's material misrepresentation. So we we need to know that kind of information. And again. If but that's important all if you're doing, goes just back just to the because the the, the yeah, all of the you property would be doing was hurting yourself yeah, yeah is is they think hey you know
2: what they're gonna charge me more right nothing's gonna happen and you know maybe I'll get away with, maybe nothing's gonna happen right yeah but then you know you' you're gonna end up in a bad situation if you just don't you know come forward yeah. with, the, with what you're really intentional yeah.
1: I think if anything one of the things I've taken away from the time we've spent together so far is Like I have no idea what kind of coverage I actually have on my home. You you know, I'm complaining about it going up, but I might not even have enough. You know, Um, because those those are things that you don't look at. And I think David, to your point, if you're just calling into one of these call centers, some hourly employee who doesn't have your best interests in mind is the one that's quoting your policy. Whereas I feel like you know I talk to somebody like David, and he's going to tell me. The features and benefits of why I should have what I have, right? Sure. Versus, hey, I just want to come in at the lowest premium because if I come in at the lowest premium, you're going to take my deal, and, and and be okay. I just think there's a lot more. We're learning there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah,
2: I mean, even for you know, shooting back, I have a lot of people that buy second homes in the in the mountains or out on the beach, right? Condos, and they have grown children or younger children that they're gonna give access to that property. Mm-hmm. Those those children are then gonna have friends from college or whatnot showing up there on weekends, and there might be four-wheelers, there might be some Golf things. carts, yeah. number one. You you, know, you're so, gonna have
0: claims with golf carts like yeah. nothing you've ever seen when yep. <laughs> you a, have irresponsible kids in my ca-
2: In my case, it was a pickup truck that accidentally went into a pond on a Saturday night. But mm. you, know, you need to make sure you're protected and have coverage for you know, for those type of events.
0: One of the big things I would caution everybody on, and I mean, this is something that I talk about when I speak inside my own industry, but you know, agencies out there today are not competing against each other. We're competing against big data. It's only a matter of two to three years before you're gonna be in your Amazon account making your purchases and you're gonna get an exit intent pop-up that says, we've used the demographic information from your account to prepare a homeowner's quote for you. Click here to review it. You go in, you review it, you buy it because the premium is a little less, you click a button, they just add it to your monthly subscribe and save and you're in and out in two minutes and you really don't know what you bought, but you know you saved some money Money. and they made it very easy for you to do you know, there's a balance that has to happen there. I've invested very, very heavily in technology in our agency, not to replace the client experience, but to enhance it. So we do use things, you know, um, like intake forms and all of that to make sure we're getting all of the information, having it dump into a CRM, automatically ticketing and tasking different people for um, activities they need to do perform to, to get around that. But I, I caution people, the easier it is to get the more you're open to having issues. Yeah, and and yeah. I'm not thinking you have to spend hours you know, dealing with this. You don't want to. But, I mean, stuff as simple as do you have a mobile app, right? Does Does the person you work with have a mobile app? Well, we do. We have a mobile app. And one of the coolest features on our mobile app – is you can actually do your home inventory with the camera on your phone and upload okay. it into the app, which goes into our agency management system. So if you have a catastrophic loss, you've got, we have already got it on record for
1: yeah. you. And, and you've got it saved somewhere. Yep. In the cloud, yeah. yeah. The, used to be
0: it used to be the safety deposit box with yes. the VCR tape, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we did when the, I was The
1: ago. fireproof safe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I, I remember a couple of years ago right before you some of the me, I,
2: I, You just reminded me, I was just segueing. Yeah. Charlie was probably the last time I've been in my house now 20 years Dating that. but yeah. yeah, it was right before. Yeah, well, Charlie, I remember I, I did the like, walk around. I
1: did. That's what I did right before the uh, hurricane a couple of years ago. I just started filming everything, and, and I guess some stuff has changed. And I and, 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 I, and I uploaded update. it to Dropbox because I figured that was cloud, and I'd be okay, you know. Sure. So, David, we're, just um, kind of finishing up here. What are some things that people need to be on the lookout for that could make a property uninsurable, or maybe there's just some things that you want to look out for um, that could make the insuring process a little bit more difficult.
0: The first thing I'm going to tell you is all those memes you see on Facebook are actually true. <laughs>
1: <Like> <laughs> the single wide trailer sitting
0: on four stories worth of milk crates and stuff like that—that that actually does happen. I mean, and we see those things every now and again. Um, you know, the biggest thing is right now updates. You know, plumbing, HVAC, yep. electrical. You you gotta have that stuff updated. They're they're looking for those records. You know, make sure you have a four point inspection, mm-hmm. make sure you have your wind mitigation. Uh, because you know, your point your your question's a good one. It, it's not gonna be a matter of premium going forward. You know, we're rapidly approaching a time where it's gonna be are you insurable or not? And I think that you're gonna see a lot of people back in citizens here in Florida, which is the the state fund yep. for right. lack of better terms. So Your updates and, you know, just make sure the house is in good repair. Make sure the roof's got, I mean, there's laws around that. I know you guys can't even, what what, what do they have to have? Two to three years on the roof to be able to close? Two to three years, yeah. 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 So all of that, I mean, it's all common sense stuff, but you're going to have to have it. And by the way, don't wait until a week before your renewal to try and do it. Go, Go look right now.
1: Yep. Yeah, we, we run into that all the time. You know, where you get a couple of weeks before closing, oh, this property needs a new roof, it's, you know. And, uh, you know, we have a, a workaround for that, but it's not always inexpensive of a workaround um, for that. And it always amazes me that agents take listings not, like, you should be having that conversation up front with the seller. Knowing that the roof hey, you're is, probably is going to need to replace expectancy. this roof. Yeah, it's not going to pass uh, you inspection. Yeah, and um, if you've got
0: a good insurance agent, they're going to know that they can go to the roofing company and get a signed contract and purchase order and warranty that it's going to happen within ten days or whatever else. And you can usually get it pushed through to get the property closed on. But again, you're not going to get that from a call center.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, David, you've done a really great job throughout this podcast of kind of highlighting why you and why. Florida Risk Partners, but is there anything you wished you could have got out or you'd like to share that maybe we sh- didn't ask you?
0: No, I think you guys did a good job. Can
2: I ask one more question? You can ask as many All as right. you want. I've got, I'm on a roll now. I've got, okay, some fire, I've got fire away. I have some up here. So flood insurance, we talked about the increase in homeowners potentially coming forward, but flood insurance, I know a few years ago, that was a big deal. Still is. Um, You know, I mean, are we stable there? What are your thoughts there as far as that?
0: There's always a threat that the government's going to sunset the program. The one thing that has happened over the recent past is the private flood market has gone nuts in terms of bringing new opportunities and carriers in. So if you have the standard national flood insurance policy right now, there's a high likelihood you can get more coverage and better premium if you go private. Okay. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, you're capped, right? Right. So in the federal yeah. insurance, uh, federal, you get 250 primary, 500 excess, I mean, mm-hmm. another 250 of excess. And then anything after that, you have to buy specialty policies for, with private flood, yeah, with private flood, they can do whatever they well,
1: want. What was it just a couple of years ago where the Florida flood program was in jeopardy? Well... Uh, no, it was like f- like the premiums were going to be astronomical. The government astronomical. didn't renew, so the subsidized it was, yeah, it was,
2: the subsidized uh, discounts that FEMA was getting or we were getting, essentially here in Florida and anywhere in the country, um, they they ran that's out. Right. They expired. So until that got reissued, I mean, our insurance tripled and quadrupled. I yeah. Mean, the other crazy. thing
0: people should know about, again, this goes into the, the the federal program, but there's a 30-day waiting period, right? Now, you can get around that if you've got a closing or whatever else, but if somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, crud, I need to go check my flood insurance before hurricane season, don't you wait until- You can't buy it. Right. You can't uh, buy it on June 1st. Yeah. You can't I go mean, get it and then, you yeah. know, a week before yeah. the hurricane hits right. and hope to have coverage, you're just not going to have
1: it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the other question we get a lot too, you just brought up hurricane is, you know, you've, you've you got to have your insurance bound, you know, before that name storm gets in a certain area. Um, is that what area is that? It, it depends on what the carrier
0: is. A, a lot of times, again, I'll, I'll go back to what I see on the commercial side as much as the personal. But I didn't even know this until recently. There's two different name storm seasons. Do you know that? No. There's an Atlantic, and then there's the Gulf. Oh, okay. So. You know, the Atlantic, the, the Gulf hurricane season or whatever it's called goes from June 1st until October 31st, but the Atlantic doesn't sunset until November 30th. Okay. So I know this because I was dealing with an account on the commercial side that had a closing and there was a warranty statement. A lot of the carriers now have warranty statements that if the policy is in effect for any amount of time from hurricane season beginning to end, it's a hundred percent earned. Whereas if it didn't have that on there, and I canceled part way through, I'd get a pro rata refund okay. back. But they say no. If you have it in effect for any amount of hurricane season, we keep a hundred percent of the premium. Period. And so that's why I had to negotiate my way out of that because the, he needed to not have that on there for it was like a November tenth or eleventh deal. And mm-hmm. yeah, so wow. crazy how about, things. How about
2: solar panels now? What are, what's a premium add-on for something like that on a
0: roof the premium's not bad as long as you tell your agents you have them and there's other requirements too you know the electric companies that are buying the power back require a homeowner to have a million dollar umbrella in almost every case that I've seen and most homeowners don't realize that's the case either I think everybody should have an umbrella. I mean, there's no reason not to. It's a couple of hundred bucks, maybe three, right. $400 a year. You get an extra million dollars of liability mm-hmm. coverage. It's the cheapest insurance it's three, you can buy.
1: It's three something. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's important. I mean, it brings me back to high school, somebody jumping in a pool. and Well, what you know, I like I mean, about just... it
0: is the agent is you have to have minimums, right? So you can't get an umbrella and have low auto limits and low liability on your home. If I'm selling you an umbrella, I'm also have to make sure that you have the proper underlying limits on both the auto and the home. So I'm automatically getting what I want on those other two lines of coverage by recommending this. Yeah. And then one last thing.
2: How about rental insurance? How important is it? Do you recommend it for for folks that are leasing property from a homeowner?
0: Yeah. So in, in my experience, people who rent are the ones who need insurance the most. <laughs> Truthfully. I that mean, is true. Think about it, man. When, <laughs> when, when we just got out of college and had our first apartment or whatever, if we lost everything, I'd have been screwed. Right? Right. Listen, I don't know.
1: I heard stories about you being in college and putting a couch on the roof of your apartment or your dorm or something like yeah, that. Yeah, none of that. That's would have been how common. we or, ended up in or insurance. Or was it? Didn't you like burn a couch or something? Well, it, I, I was in Morgantown,
0: West Virginia. That's what they do there. I mean, I mean, that's commonplace. That's right. Write a passage there. Yeah, and be careful how much of my past you bring yes. up. Uh, but anyhow. <laughs> That being said, um, where were we even going before? Oh, so we're renters. talking about yeah, rental I mean, about insurance. Rent, so what,
2: essentially, what, like... Uh, what does know, renters
0: cost? Like maybe $200, 200 a year? I just,
2: I just had a new tenant move into one of my properties. She put it in place. Most of mine never do. It's like
0: $20 a month. Yet but you've got tens of thousands it, of dollars worth you, of
2: stuff. You joke about it. If something happens, like I had somebody say, hey, you ruined like my desk. I had a pipe burst, right, under a sink. And it came out and went over the rug. I'm getting a text from the tenant. And I'm like, no, no, I don't owe you anything like you need coverage to cover that stuff that Mm -hmm. you know it was minor things but you know just people overlook that and think oh i have the insurance for them
0: yeah i mean i tell anybody that i work with it's a property manager that they need to and this needs to be in the lease agreement that it's required a certain amount of liability and replacement cost rental insurance
2: okay and in my case what's the what's the damage if uh they don't put it in place and they have a dog in the house and something like that is it
0: it's attorneys are very good at finding everybody who are attached to a property and the internet makes it extremely easy for them to do that. So, you know, they're default, they come to me, they're going to, they're going to name you in a suit too. They're going to go back to the lease agreement, see what kind of wording you had in there about hold harmless and all of that, whether or not you allow certain breeds don't allow certain breeds and whether or not you told them they needed to insure against it. What insurance requirements do you have? And then did you actually follow through to make sure that they have it in force? Mm-hmm. You know, every year. It's, I mean, I mean
1: good, good gravy. Well, they
0: all they sneak the dogs in. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the.
1: Well, I mean, that sounds to me like you just said roll the dice. Yeah. You know, is, is essentially what you're saying about that. You know, it's, it's, I mean, geez, you're talking, how many different kinds of our insurance do we have, right? We got life insurance, homeowners insurance, car insurance. It's
2: probably I, 50, dude, 60 like, grand a year. What I spend
1: crazy. a month on insurance premiums. Right. You know, we need some roofs. I'm and getting some pipes I, 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 I'm kind know, of excited. I'm going to
0: make you guys feel really good. I'm getting ready to buy a place in Key West. You don't even want to know what that premium looks like. <laughs> no. More than I made in my first two years of working as an adult.
1: Well, well <laughs> I mean, we're we talking about delivering pizzas as an adult. Well, my first two years
0: of working. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Well,
1: congratulations.
0: Yeah. yeah thanks, I, I
1: think. <laughs> All right. Anything else, gentlemen?
0: I think we hit it all
1: and we we crushed Quite a it. bit of it yeah david nice job thanks for joining thank us you, man David, my pleasure absolutely thanks for joining us so thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the context to contracts podcast on behalf of john and david and myself if you like what you see don't forget to like and subscribe and if there's anything that you need we're always here to serve thank
2: you david again and we're going to find out a little bit more about brian's past here, yeah, you
1: here we go, here we go.